This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Tom. Well, what up, High Fivers? It's your boy, High Five Tom. And uh, per the usual here, I've got my very, uh, very good friend here, uh, Derry, New Hampshire's own William Mercier Jr. Will, how are you doing, my friend? That's me. That is you. It's hey. always a pleasure. You know, I think I can, I can say, you know, to call back with a, a, a recent guest kevin from the shining wizards uh it's spooky season so we got the the mood spook mott spock milwaukee tom i forgot about the mood spook so we're i'm gonna put the the horse before the cart and whatnot tom happy as people are listening to this happy i, I don't know how i say it happy belated anniversary if if we're going based on when people hear this right yeah well thank you um, it's probably well. It's happier for me and Faith. I, I don't know, but well, ha- and, uh, ironically enough, will happy belated early birthday to you. Um, oh, thank you, thank you. Um, so a little breakdown of the fourth wall here. Will and I are recording a little bit earlier than usual because your boy uh, High Five Tom here will be unplugging from the matrix uh, for about ten days to uh, celebrate said anniversary. As the wife and I are hitting the road for. Ton days, so I uh, just want to get some recording done beforehand. So, um, yeah, Will and I literally just recorded four days ago, so we're recording on a Sunday. So this is a little different, but awesome nonetheless. Tom's going to be jaw jaw jawing up the East Coast, up and down. Yeah, yeah, more, more dowing. So, um, and Will, I mean, you presented a very good question there on uh, our Ring of Honor River Twitter, and uh, make sure to smash the link below uh, in the show notes to follow. <laughs> Ring of Honor, Reverly, and Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and I, I laughed very heartily, but what question uh, was that, Will? Uh, my <laughs> tweet, because, you know, I want to generate the likes, right? You know, in serious posts, you know, there's plenty of Ring of Honor accounts that have, like, the good serious posts, like our our friend Kyle. Uh, um, we've got, like, the Ring of Honor history, Twitter, and, like, stuff like that. And, like, there's great serious ring of honor pages out there but how many what other page is going to ask you if tom jaw jaw jaws in the woods and nobody's there to hear it does it make the hard j sound or does it make the soft y sound oh that was uh that was pretty funny i i had to chuckle very 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 loud and then uh my buddy andy chiming uh with some some bluetooth ads so bluetooth hit it. hey if they want to throw some if, if if they want to throw some money our way. 
Yeah, I'll read copy. I don't care. Let's get. Yeah, former. Let's get those Akata bucks rolling in. Yeah, um, former and hopefully future guest, my good friend Andy, uh, who's Miami Dolphins last week, uh, put up seventy fucking points on the Denver Broncos. I was like, wow. I know you're not. I know you're not a big sport ball fan, Will, but that's a, that's a big fucking number. I'm not. I've been I've been loosely following the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, it's it's about what I've expected. Yeah, they, they beat. Uh, I still call them Oakland, but they beat Las Vegas last week. They had a healthy lead. And I wake up and check the score again. I'm like, that's not the lead they had when I went to bed. And I looked like, oh, it's because they gave up like two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It's like way to go, guys. <laughs> way to take the pedal off the gas. Oh, holy shit. The Cowboys stomped a mud hole in the Patriots today. Oh, really? 38 to 3. 38 to 3. How about them Cowboys? America's team. Man, fuck the Cowboys. I can't stand them. I always say my favorite. <laughs> I, I. They've got to be the most popular bad team. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, yeah, and their fans are almost as bad as Cubs fans, which I just had to deal with for four hours at Miller Park um, about three, four hours ago. So, um, as the Brewers, as we're recording, uh, wrapped up the regular season and start postseason on Tuesday. So, Will, your boy High Five Tom is officially going to his first playoff game in 46 years. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, the Cubs were eliminated from the playoffs yesterday, so that was nice to see. But um, all bullshit aside, honestly, most fans today were in a pretty good mood. I guess Saturday they were just fucking unbearable. So, um, yeah, and thankfully the Cubs have been eliminated. And, uh, you know, we'll be we'll be out of town, but hopefully the Brewers are still playing by the time I get back in the 14th. So we shall see. Yeah, Cowboys fans are just, ugh. So before we get a... Uh... Before we get too far into this, I want to just because you know a big part of the show is just putting over our friends, right? So I got a I want to say happy publication. It's it's a couple days since, yeah. uh, but my friend Sam had her second book come out. Hard copies and ebook copies are available now. Yeah, didn't her first book? She is happy. Fifty, right? Her last book. Did really? She ended up doing really well in the the Amazon charts for the ebook sales. Yeah. So. Oh. So the sequel is out now. Is that something more I'd like, or more something Faith would like? How would you feel about uh, super tweeny vampire romance? So probably something Faith would enjoy. If yeah. you, she's. Oh man, if I was on top of it, I'd I'd have the Twitter up. But if you, well, we'll probably put that in the show notes or something. If I unless I can get it up like right this second. But if you get on her socials, she is offering book bundle things. If you order, if you buy them directly from her, where you get other goodies and stuff like that. Nice. Um, Let's see if I can find it here. I just don't remember what her. It's at. 
I thought it was. It's at Miss Sam V. Um, and I'm sure we can put that in the show notes. If we were a fancy show, we'd say that's in the you know the banner below. But yeah, maybe maybe next year. <laughs> you know, we are. I mean, we added. Well, I mean, this year we did add a Twitter and, a, and an email, so we're we are trending. In we did. Direction. You know, we might have an Instagram. Oh, I never checked the email. Who knows what? Do you, do you check the email? Who knows what's in there? <laughs> I do. I checked it the other day. It's uh, it's a lot of notifications from Ring of Honor referees Facebook page, <laughs> which I forgot to check. Also, all right. See, so yeah, it's at Miss Sam V. The new book is called "Can't Wait to Be Half Alive," sequel to her first book, "Can't Wait to Be Dead." And I also want to put over, again, it's about a creeping towards being a week old at this point, but I recommend going to slamwrestling.net, checking out all the great features they have, but I put over my friend Josh Olson of Gimmick Press, yep, uh, who recently put did a review of uh, the, a new comic series called The Gimmick. That's cool. And he also recently did an interview with the author Joanne Starr in the lead up to her upcoming series coming out next year called A Total Suplex of the Heart. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of great articles on there. I really only read Josh's, but you know, if you're into like he does a lot of like trading card posts. Yeah. He's done things about uh comic book covers being influenced by pro wrestling. Um, and Josh is just a great guy. Buy some books. He might still have some of those working stiff uh, trading cards to mail out with said books. I highly recommend it all. Didn't he express some interest about coming on the podcast? He said he would be honored. So, yeah, I mean, well, I, like I always say, well, your my, my platform is your platform, so we can definitely make that happen. My sunshine. So mom, I said hi. Are you eating over there? Are you eating? Are you just saying that because we're recording? Well, I mean, also, um, yeah, anytime, Will. I'd be more than happy to. That'd be a lot of fun. So, we have a couple and of last week. You know, Kevin, Kevin last week was a lot of fun, too. So, I hope everybody... If you're a new listener, please check out last week's episode uh, where Tom and I had Shining Wizards Kevin sent in. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was cool to see, to tell you personally, Will, that lives were going to be in your hands. I mean, we've heard it a hundred times. but it's, it's been so long because I've had to worry about lives being in my hands. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Will's not kidding though. That was a lot of fun. That uh, that episode, well, as we're recording, dropped yesterday on Visionaries Global Media, um, and hopefully it'll be dro- dropping soon on the Shining Wizards Network. Um, but as this drops, it'll have been out for almost a week. So yeah, it's weird to do podcast time, real time. As and this, all- as, this uh, as this Jaja drops, <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, yeah, I mean, all bullshit aside, Will's right. Yeah, that was, that episode with Kevin was a lot of fun. So it's good to see that you guys interact. Kevin's always a good time. Um, you know, last time, listen, we had, I had to take like four or five different fuck you Zoom breaks. 
Uh, but we're moving on up in the world, Will. We don't have to do fucking Zoom breaks. At least for another 11 and a half months. You know, if we had all the commercials back then, we could have thrown a commercial in each break. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We weren't even part of the Shining Wizards Network at that time, so... God, how long have we been on it? It's been six, seven months now? I'll have to look back at my text. Something like that, yeah. yeah. We got to get Tony the updated uh, the logo done by uh, your good friends over in the show notes. Um, well, I need to get their stickers out to him, too, so all your buddy John, so... But I am looking at stickers right now, so hopefully I can post them up like on the on the, on the White House or something. So that's not a federal offense or anything, right? Everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna. Every, I don't know how close you can get. They might be a little suspicious if you start trying to touch the walls. Yeah, man. Maybe like in a bathroom or something. The sidewalk in front of it, maybe. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I was going to put a couple up in the Miller Park bathrooms, but I'm like, they might figure out who's, who did that, so. <laughs> yeah. Or I was going to put one up like I was on the, on the field, or like put one on the dugout or something like that, but yeah, it might, that might get me in trouble, but. We shall see. Um, well, as we are recording earlier, we only did get one question of dishonor, and uh, to our normal high-fivers, I do apologize for the short notice. Um, so all of any questions sent in between now and next time we land record, we will address. Um, but Will, we got one from Brunton. You know, a good old question of dishonor here real quick. And uh, before we dive into that, Will, do you think Edge is showing up tonight at this AEW event thing going on here? Do I think Edge is showing up? Yeah. Is Adam Copeland going to show up on AEW television? Oh, no, it's a pay-per-view, so... Yeah. Maybe they are planning on putting Christian and Darby, I think, in the, as the main event spot. It seems too obvious. But... You know, but sometimes people forego the obvious solution. When it's the best solution, it's a two out of three falls match that leaves it open for some hijinks. Yeah, that's just impressive. And we're all about hijinks. Considering his contract just ran out yesterday. So, um, by the time you. Well, hear it, it depends too, like what, what kind of, um, like what the kind of deal he had. Knows it's they probably didn't have like a no compete clause because you know it's like where's he gonna you know you probably think like oh where's he gonna go? Well, I mean, because wasn't he working without a contract for a while too? Maybe who knows how that shit goes, but I think it's like some kind of like legends deal. Yeah, I think I mean if do legends deals different? Like if your contract just runs out, you don't have a ninety day non compete. You can just go. Right. I mean, look, Adam Cole. Was on AEW like a couple of weeks. Actually, Adam Cole was working. He worked. He, God, he worked a couple matches, you know, just to put somebody over. Yeah. And then he showed up on AEW a couple weeks later. So, um, I think if your contract runs out, so I don't know. I mean, it's not as impressive as it yeah. Was. There's no no compete right if your contract just runs out. So, 
Yeah, what was it? Rick Rude was on like Raw, Nitro, and ECW all in the same week one time. So I miss what Rick. What a legend. I you know, I know it's a little bit before your time, Will, but and I know you're not a big fan of going back. I know the name. I've I've seen the clips, but I, I admittedly do not know a whole lot about Rick Rude. Did I ever showed up with a motorcycle helmet, right, in ECW? Uh, possibly. I guess he's gonna be doing something like that. Um, God, there's that one Twitter account. It's Rick Rude's sell jobs or something like that. That's just great. Um, yeah, him and Mr. Perk. Well, Florida guys, so first legend at selling. So, um, we did get a question of dishonor here, um, from our good friend Mr. Brendan, the Irish Misfit. Make sure you're following said Irish Misfit on the Twitter machine. Just make sure you can you know log into those show notes right there. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, shit. Did I? I deleted the whole group. Oops. Okay. What? Um. <laughs> so, are, are, are we doing fourth wall breaking? Are we doing the first question? <laughs> yes. We are. We are doing the first question. And we do have a second question that we will do next week. And by next week, we mean here in about an hour as we record the second episode. Um, yes, the red, it's uh, basically Brenda was asking, ironically enough, just in time for my wedding anniversary, uh, favorite wedding, uh, wrestling weddings. Um, and I just don't remember what his, do you have his answer up? Sorry, Brendan. Uh, Brendan's answer to quote from mass text as it's listed in my phone. <laughs> Mine is Eric Young and ODB. They were such a fun pairing, TNA, and their wedding was a great segment with a little drama in it. Plus, they got married in their underwear, making Taz have the distinction of commentating for two weddings with a bride and groom in their underwear. How long was the first one? Was you have any idea? Um. My my knowledge, admittedly, of wrestling weddings is pretty limited. Mine relatively, too. I know of the one that he I've was. only seen... I, I think I've only actually watched two. I'm disappointed that I missed Love Doug and Little Mean Kathleen's wedding from American Rana this year. Yeah. But I think the only ones I've actually seen was I saw Teddy Long get married. <laughs> oh, man, if actually we start going through there, oh, there was like the angle where like Don Marie got married to Tori Wilson's dad on a SmackDown. And then there's probably Edge got married a couple times on Raw or SmackDown to different people. Oh, it's all coming back to me now. I don't like it. I have a list, but uh, I'll be the party pooper, and I'll say I think the the wedding that fell through on also on impact the uh, the one with like Laura Van Ness and uh, that where she went she went crazy after. Wasn't that Pepper? Yeah, wasn't Pepper Park slash the Blade supposed to get married too? And the bunny. I I admittedly don't 
I wasn't really. I'm, I still don't really watch Impact, so I don't remember necessarily all the players involved. Well, that's going to change because I'm going to start watching more Impact after Bound for Glory, which I'm going to miss coming up here in Chicago. I keep, keep saying I want to watch more Impact. Next, yeah, all wrestling. Got to watch more Impact. Uh, the only current wrestling I'm watching right now is just New Japan, so I've been slacking on that too. Um, is the G1 going on right now? The G1? No, that's, that's is the G1 going on right now? No, no that's been over for a while. I saw an article when I was scrolling around talking about like G1 block was something about House of Torture. I'm like, wait, the G1's going? Didn't the G1 just happen? July. <coughs> House of Torture got a new fucking member, too. This shit just does not stop. Um, anybody that's listening, yeah. is there any? I do not know <clears throat> a single fan that liked House of Torture, not in a like you're supposed to hate kind of way. Like, are just completely sick of it in general. I I don't know about you. I mean, I know Matt trending with his Matt is on board. I know Brett and, and uh, JCB from the Phoenix Black Podcast are on board. Um, I'm pretty sure Brendan's on board. I think you're on board. I don't know anybody that likes health care. Yeah. It's go away. I was I wasn't a I wasn't a big evil fan to start with. I thought him turning on Sonata and leaving. Lij was an interesting story, and then I feel like they kind of just fumbled the ball after that. Yeah, it's all right. He's got a talented wife, so. Oh, that's uh. Aren't our aren't wives great? Eo yeah. Sky. Really? Eo Sky is Evil's wife. Evil's married to Eo Sky. I'm I'm fact checking myself right now, but I'm pretty positive because we we dunked on Freeze a little in the Discord because we kept saying how evil her husband is. Type 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 type. Yeah, are you also looking it up? Type 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 type. type, type. Yes. Is marrying many wives a sin? Oh, they're engaged. That was 2021. Motherfucker. Are you serious? Evil. Yep. Oh, it's still some Wikipedia says he's still engaged to Yoshirai. I am I am fucking flabbergasted. This does not make this. Is did, not- did you know? Uh, did you know Mischief and Michael Elgin were married? Weren't they dating? Like, weren't they dating on in Ring of Honor Rivalry? I when I I googled for that Mischief picture for the tweet I made the other day. When you're just scrolling through stuff, it said spouse Elgin. They got divorced in like 2021. Oh, I wonder why. Yes, and the text message would be all caps. 
Evil's really... Well, on Evil's Wikipedia page, it says he was engaged. Oh. So yeah. maybe it fell through? Man can only hope. Who knows? Oh, yeah. But... What's uh, what wedding will you choose, Tom? What is your well, favorite wrestling wedding? You know, I'm gonna show my ga- my my age here. Um, but before uh, uh, I was doing a little bit of research because I'm like, when was the first wrestling meet? And this this website does not seem trusty because they're missing a bunch of them. Um, but yes, definitely McMahon had a, <laughs> four wrestling weddings. In like two years. She married The Undertaker in 99. She married Test in, okay, April of 99. Married Test in November of 99. Married Triple H the same day in November of 99. And then she married Triple H the third time in February. <sighs> wow. Um, but I, I have to go old school. Um, one of the first, not the first, uh, but one of the biggest was but uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, shout out to my good friend Travis uh, and Miss Elizabeth. Um, you know, this was, Ooh, you know, it really kind of set the pace uh, for wedding uh, res- or wedding wrestling weddings. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, they were actually recently divorced in the real life at this point. Uh, but I-, I could be wrong about that or they were estranged. But uh, yeah, it was, I mean, you know. Yeah, you know, Savage and, and Warrior had that moment, and Elizabeth came out and saved him from his retirement match, and all kid little. And, you know, the ceremony actually in the ring actually went off without a hitch. It was all the chicanery happened in, uh, you know, in, in, this, in uh, the reception afterwards in the infamous Jake the Snake Roberts bit. But uh, I, I definitely got to go with Metro Man, not Macho Man and Elizabeth. I mean, it, it's the original. Um, I was pretty into WWF at the, at this point. You know, I was pretty invested in the storyline altogether, um, and all that uh, all that chicanery that happened at the reception too was like extra uh, Coliseum video footage, so it didn't come out till a couple weeks later. So you just heard about it. You know, that led to the whole Macho Man Jake the Snake Roberts thing, where you know Jake the Snake Roberts had the snake bite Macho Man and everything. So um, you ever hear that bit? I think DDP tells no, actually Jake the Snake tells a story about. Um, where he, uh, Macho Man wanted the snake to bite Jake first to test to make sure he wasn't poisonous. Um, it's a great story. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, yeah, the, the Macho Man's a nut job, but I mean, he's not wrong, you know. Right. So, um, yeah, but it looks like the first wrestling wedding was on Tuesday Night Titans, Paul Vachon and Ophelia. I couldn't even figure out who the fuck Ophelia was back in 1984. And then Elmer married somebody. So it, it's got to it's be back further than that. But, uh, yeah, Macho Man Elizabeth, by Ophelia's far. Ophelia is the kid in Hamlet who kills herself. <laughs> Go fucking figure, so. Um, yeah, so that's, that's definitely my, my favorite wrestling wedding, so. I'm just baffled still at this evil try fucking evil shit. I was today years old when I found that out. So, yeah, bam. Hopefully, hopefully they broke up. So, 
Have you ever seen Yushirai and uh, do her uh, Stargum shit? No. She's a bad motherfucker. She really is, so. I had heard that. I had heard that when they brought her in that she was a, a big to-do. So, you know, and I'm glad she's getting a decent push right now, too. Because she, she champ? She was just champ? She is champ. Okay, good. Yeah. So, so is the belt, I think. Yeah. So, well, Will, um, as, as always, Brendan, thank you so much uh, for your question of dishonor. Um, do you have any honorable mention weddings that you want, Will? I mean, just to tag on to yours, I guess, uh, SoCal Val and uh, Black Machismo. Was he Black Machismo for the wedding? Yes. Nice. Yeah, who's so cow that? My favorite version of my favorite my favorite uh, version of Jay Lethal. Or is it? Is, he's, is it your favorite? <laughs> your favorite version of Jay Lethal, or just your least hated? When I I thought it was a riot that they could pretty much just do Macho Man and not call it Macho Man and have it be like. Okay. You think that's uh um It's kind of like how Shark Boy they had him like go into a coma and then when he woke up he was a stone cold Steve Austin knockoff and it's like oh shell yeah. That's actually funny. Um fun fun fact about that, I saw Shark Boy for the first time on the Discovery Channel. During Shark Week? When I when I was a youth, there was a Shark Week program and that showed a young independent wrestler called Shark Boy. That's awesome. So if I would I don't know if I'd say I'm a huge mark for Shark Boy, but there is a special place in my heart. Okay. Yeah. I mean that definitely makes sense. So um, all right. Well, you know, and I, I really don't, I mean, Macho, I remember the whole Stephanie and Tess and Triple H shit. Um, that was pretty Yeah, cool. they're, they're, they're getting married and then Triple H comes out and is like, oh, check the Tron. Yeah. And it was an unconscious Stephanie McMahon. They get married in the drive-through chapel in Vegas. Yeah, that's when I was still bartending Monday night, so we, we put the TV on, so I was still watching. Yeah, it was... You know, I mean, looking back on it, it's uh, you know, it's a little date rapey, you know, because I mean, I was the drug. There's a lot of stuff Triple H did in that time period that was a little on the rapey side. Yeah, a lot of bit on the rapey side. I, you know, I didn't see it. Katie Vick. <laughs> yeah, who who proves that? How does that? Right, nobody at any point says, you know, maybe this isn't a good idea. You know, I mean, that's maybe. not. You know, that's not even. Being, so can we do a, Can we get a? Can we get a test audience on this first before we, we send this up to the big screens? You know, that's not being Mister PC or Cancel Warrior or anything. That's just bad. 
any time period. Oh, it's bad. It's bad all around. Content's bad. The the thing itself is bad. Yeah, but you know, bad, bad, and not in a good way. Bad either. So, um, well, Will, um, thanks again, Brandon. Obviously, sorry, I'm a little bit more scattered brain than just a said my baseball team won their division and they playing some baseball. So, um, I'm looking. Yeah, I get to go to my first playoff game on Tuesday. So, only took me 46 years. So. Of course, I got a five-hour gate, so I won't get into the game until like the fifth inning. But yeah, first world problem. So. That's impressive, considering you're only twenty-two. Yeah. Um, I got nothing, Will. I got nothing. So, for over sixteen years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts had some awesome discussions and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes so join your cool uncle snowy and his co-host aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the shining wizards network are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. But it's Ring of Honor TV, Will. Uh, this is Ring of Honor TV, episode one. Is it? Is it TV? Are you going to try to tell me that this is TV and not just Death Before Dishonor? Well, I mean, they did air it on TV. Um, you know, in the original air date. You, you got me there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Original air date, October 5th, 2013. And, Will, I mean, I can't argue with you. You are not wrong. Um, you know, like we had talked I feel about- like we really got swindled by it. I know we've, we've already talked about it, but I feel like we really got swindled by this. This is going to be a huge tournament. It's going to play out on TV. If I was in real time... I would have been so salty if I bought these pay-per-views just to know that they were all going to be shown on TV <laughs> for free. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you couldn't put these matches on a TV taping, you know. Well, and, and listen. Because I mean, they didn't even try to they didn't even try to hide it. They'd, they'd have some tape matches at one place, and they cut back to Toronto or whatever. It's like, oh, look, we're back in Toronto. Here's another tournament match. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and it... All in all, high fivers. I mean, you know Will and I pretty well. I mean, we're pretty positive people and everything, but they just didn't have a plan B, you know, for their champion getting hurt, and it's really showing here. Um, you know, Ring of Honor's really got to do a good job of developing some new stars. You know, I mean, not to not some to- some top prospects, if you will. Ooh, nice pull there, Will. Um, Man, I really hope this top prospect tournament is the one we've been talking about. So, 
coming up for 2014. But yeah, they, they just didn't have a plan, you know, and uh, shout out to Graham, you know, like I tweeted him in, in my Good Cop. Make sure you're listening to Good Cop, Bad Cop uh, over on uh, Visionaries Global Media. Matt and Graham do a great job. Um, not just because I send, you know, top fan cop moments and everything, but uh, Graham's a great guest. Hopefully we're going to get Matt on one of these times soon. Um, but, you know, like Graham said, it's like a, a tournament, really, 16 people, and it was worse than you thought it was going to be. Well, I shouldn't say that. Right. They, he's like, he's like, this is going to be, he's like, it's going to be a drag on TV. It's going to go too long. <laughs> and it did just because we had watched it all already. Yeah. But you know what, Tom? I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna take back a prior statement we had. I think this is worse than fighting February. Because mm. at least fighting February gave us different stuff every week, and it wasn't just giving us stuff we had already seen. Yeah, but I think the match quality was way better than fighting February, though. Because all bullshit aside, there were some really great fucking matches in this tournament. It just it was just spoiled. I mean, there's a lot. Of- there was a lot of forgettable ones too, though. Really? Well, I, that's funny. That kind of leads into my question here. So, before we dive into TV, which is basically spoiler alert, uh, the main event from uh, Death Before Dishonor, which was covered very eloquently by yours truly, my good friend, Mr. Uh, Jerry New Hampshire's own, Will Mercer Jr., and Kevin J. Garifo, all the Shining Wizards, last week's episode. Um, what was they stretched a twenty-minute match into a forty-five-minute TV episode? <laughs> well, there was more. It wasn't just the main event. They did have some other things still. So, um, what was? I mean, what were some of your highlight? Well, okay. I mean, so you said there were some clunkers. What clunker matches were? Uh, what do you think were? Uh... I don't even know if I'd say they're clunkers because in real time we said they were fine. Like if you ask me to remember anything from like ACH's match, I don't remember anything from that. I don't really remember a whole lot from Kevin Steen and Brian Kendrick, which I mean, by all accounts, there should have been some big moment or something you'd think, right? Yeah, I was just I thought that was a solid yeah. Like they're fine matches, but if I asked you to you know, like there's no there wasn't like highlight moments. I think that's what a tournament this size needed. Like, you need those big moments to be like, oh, that's the match where this happened. Like, Adam Cole, Mark Briscoe, where Adam Cole won with a J driller, and everybody's like, whoa, hold up. And they never really did anything more with that, but it's like, what if you use the J driller to win every match? Yeah. Unless it was good. What if they save that for later? Like, what if he put like Mark away with like the Florida Keys, and he beat Elgin with a J driller? Yeah. Then Jay Briscoe's got to come out saying, "You won like a man. Use my move." <laughs> uh, Jay, oh, what? Jay was not happy, and I need to track down. Uh, there was a, a bunch. I, you know, obviously in the TV episode they did show a little bit here. But there were some really good YouTube clips uh, of Jay and Mark at home. Mark and Jay's YouTube clips are great. Um, there were there's a bunch, and I um, yeah, and I think maybe it's later on because I think he gets cleared. Oh, we'll get into that next week. Um, I don't know. Did you? Well, so what, Matt? I mean, 
it's obviously Michael Elgin. This tournament was built for him. Um, spoiler alert, he does not win. Um, he did have some of the better matches. But honestly, besides Elgin, ain't, I thought... Oh, some, is, is it, ain't that some shit, too? The number one contender. They they built this whole thing. We're going to have a tournament, you know, because this is what he wanted. And he lost. <laughs> Again, we talked about earlier. Obvious. Would it have been obvious to have him win? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I kind of like that aspect of it. Um, I mean, maybe, but you know, again, we talked about those first round matches. What was the big standout from that first round? It was Adam Cole winning with a J Driller, and may, who knows if they decided to make a pivot? Maybe at one point they had a thought, and then they saw that and said, "Wait a minute, uh, we can just flip the switch on the kid now." And I'm going to break down the, the wall here a little bit, you know, because unfortunately, I, you know, we talked about this already. I already knew what was going to happen. Um, and I, I mentioned this last week, but it was Jay Briscoe's idea to put Adam Cole over. You know, I can't imagine that they flipped the script like halfway through the tournament. I'd love to say they would, but I don't think they had the foresight for that. I mean, because, I mean, kind of looking back at it, I mean, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that Adam Cole was going to win this thing. Just the way they're talking and everything. So, I, I besides, Elgin still doesn't seem like the main guy. Yeah. Um, he has everything you need except for personality. Yeah, I mean, he's great in the ring. You know, he's he's got the move set. Like he puts on good matches, but it's just like. Once the the bells, you know, once you ring the bell to start and ring the bell to end, it's like it's it's kind of kind of it. Is it the old carrying cross thing where you know what they do to make me special? They ring the freaking bell. We'll call back to carrying cross Michael Michael Elgin might be more of a Festus thing. It's not bad. Man. Um. All right, so besides Adam Cole and Michael Elgin. And they gave Elgin the big matches, right? Because Elgin had Carl Anderson. He had Paul London. Kevin Steen. Right. And Kevin Steen. So, I mean, you look at – they gave him the marquee opponents. And I thought he delivered, personally. but He did, but – like, like I kind of touched upon last week, I kind of wish they leaned into the Adam Cole heel shenanigans, maybe being a little more on like the, oh, that's, is that in bad taste? Because they kind of dropped that when Scum disappeared because they obviously dropped the Steve Carino, Adam Cole stuff. But like, other than using that J-Driller, there was, there was nothing else that really seemed like, ooh, he's... It's kind of towing that line where it's like, is that homage or is that like rubbing salt? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because even in, in that, well, and we'll get to it in the match, but he didn't, there weren't a lot of heel tactics in the match either. No. So, um, you know, and listen, and, you know, you know, KGG watching with it, you know, with open eyes was, was pleasantly surprised and shocked at the ending. So, um, but real quick before we get, get into the TV though, so besides Elgin, um, 
my, my personal MVP for this fucking tournament, someone that really kind of shown, kind of broke through a little bit. I thought Trompa had a great tournament. I really did. I was so ready for you to say Silas Young. <laughs> yeah. No, Chompa and I think Bennett had some good showings too. I mean, and Chompa and Bennett together had a great match too. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed Chompa and Silas in the first match. And, and like Will said, I mean, Bennett and Chompa was great. Um, and Those are two guys, again, they have a lot of the pieces, but like, I think Bennett is probably closer to having like the total package of being able to be like the guy. Yeah. Champa still feels a little flat right now. He still feels a little bit just kind of like here's a wrestler. Really? Like he, he I, I don't feel like Champa's getting a lot. He doesn't get a lot of promo time. His matches are good, but like we don't get a lot of like Tommaso Champa. Whereas Mike Bennett, I mean, he's talking all the time. Maria's talking all the time. Yeah, I mean, with Maria, it's tough not to put him on TV, so. Um, Michael Bennett. Yeah. I mean, I, I really. Right. Michael. It's Michael Bennett, not Mike Bennett. Yeah. It's, now it's officially Michael, so. Um, well, I mean, like I said, Will said, this is, this is mainly, obviously, the main event of Death of Force Honor. They did stretch it out, but we do get a couple things beforehand. Uh, you know, before the episode started, we get a clip, uh, clip of uh, Jim Boyce in the parking lot earlier in the day. And obviously, Jay is very despondent. Um, you know, and I'll be honest with you, Will, um, it was good to see Jim Boyce back on my laptop. You know, it's, it's been a while. Obviously, since Mark got bounced and obviously Jay you know, I mean, this might be the longest stretch we ever not see them on TV or anything for, I mean, almost six weeks. And I still maintain that's a good thing. So, like, when Jay came out at Death Before Dishonor, like, that felt like... Wow. Big deal. Yeah. Because it's not like the usual, like, we see on AEW, WWE, where, like, if somebody's hurt, they're still there every week. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, obviously, Jay's playing at the party. He looks very despondent. Um, you know, and Mark is telling him, you know, get your mind right, get your mind right. It was just classic Briscoe's. Uh, then we get a real quick of a uh, review of Cole beating, you know, um, you know, Mark with a J drill, like Will just said, um, and quote unquote upsetting Jay Lethal, you know. And I, I personally, I thought he survived Champa. I don't know the, the commentators may sound like that he whooped Champa, but that's just me. Um, then we see War Elgin go to war with Paul London. Oh, Champa, Champa, Champa beat that kid's ass. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, and I get it. You know, you're trying to pull because you're trying to make Elgin look strong. But yeah, Will's right. I mean, Chopper whooped whoop that boy's ass. That might be the most New Hampshire thing you ever say, Will. I mean, that in the best possible way. So, but then we show Elgin obviously go to war with Paul London. I thought it was a great match. He had a great match with Machine Gun. I'm not a Machine Gun guy, but that was pretty good. And obviously Kevin Steen. Uh, and then we cut back to the stage. Uh, we got Mark trying to calm Jay down. It was kind of cool to see, you know, Jay's thought process because obviously we saw the promo on Death Before Dishonor, but we didn't see this. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. You know, get your mind right, get your mind right, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, the promo we saw last week, so it says, again, if you want to be successful, you got to work hard. And if a, a company's successful, it needs a bunch of hard workers. 
You know, he's been with Ring of Honor his whole adult life. Um, you know, Jake Paul's Nigel out and he's doing bullshit. He wrestled with a torn bicep, a little fake Moodle. Um, like I talked about last week. But he, but he does say he does say he doesn't blame Nigel. He knows Nigel doesn't make that decision. Right. Um, you know, and like I mentioned But Nigel's not sticking up for him either. Yeah. You know, I really do Nigel not being able to make eye contact with Mark or OJ, I thought was pretty cool, but um you know, and like Papa Briscoe always says, we want to be a man, you know, um, you got to win like a man. So whoever wins it, you can handle over this, uh, this son of a bitch title to whoever wins it, they win it like a man. So, um, Which, again, I don't want to just parrot what I said last week, but I really wish they did a little more with that. Yeah. Like they laid the groundwork for so many things to happen. Like, He's already pissed off about handing it over, but what if there's like some bullshit finish and he's got to hand over the belt? Went to a to like a, a room in front of a room full of people who are like, "What a crock of shit that ending was!" And then Nigel's got to sit there and be like, you, "You've got to hand the belt over." Yeah, and and the, I mean, we'll get to it in the match. I mean, the kind of then if, then if Jay didn't hand it over, then Cole you know throws a super kick and just takes it. Then it's like there's another layer. Like that's the next step. Yeah. Like I said, I would I would have liked to have seen more heelish behavior. Whether it was more finisher stealing or if he you know, maybe maybe he's just more of a dick, you know, maybe he does more shit outside, maybe he plays with the five count a little more. Like something, because they I'm hoping now that the turn has actually happened, that they actually play into it. Yeah. So, like we said, you know, there was a stuff with Scum where it's like he's teetering on that line. He's like, I'm getting really fed up of not winning, and I'm getting these opportunities. Like, I'm going to grab this chain, or maybe I just don't acknowledge that I had help from an outside group, and that's how I'm getting all these wins. Yeah, and then they just kind of all got dropped. Where we know, like he's got the personality. He, his, like his expressions, like his in-ring character work is so good. It's like let him play with that more. Yeah, we got a baby, so that was good. Um, we at the end of the match, we did get baby, Adam Cole, baby. No boom, no booms yet. That's yeah. later. So, um, but real quick before we get to the match, we do find out that next week we get a little one of those crazy promos. Outlaw Eve will be in the ring. And uh, also, we are randomly getting Roddy Strong versus a returning Mike Bondo. So that's going to be interesting. Um, I, did, I did not like that Outlaw Inc. promo. I thought the idea of Outlaw Inc. was very cool. And they're very quickly making me not like it. What don't you like it, buddy? I don't really like the packaging. I didn't like how they, like, I appreciate that they tried to do more of like a vignette style thing and not just like people talking in like a back room. Yeah. But it's like, it's Eddie Kingston and Homicide. They're scary enough. <laughs> without all the other shit. 
Yeah. Just have them run out and run rough shot on people. And it's like, they're a menace. Like, oh, they broke Artie Evans' finger. It's like, who, who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 gonna be something. So, but you know, Death Before Dishonor also put their their tag champ and their TV champ in an eight man tag match. So, I'm trying not to. Well, we'll talk about that later. But, um, well, on to our main event though. Like, already know, Tom. We can't we can't spoil something that happened ten years ago. <laughs> Well, yeah, I just don't want to spoil the fact that I watched, you know, the recording two episodes in a row. <laughs> but well, we've I, already said we are. I will complain about that the next episode. But will it's our it's our you know, main so it's so funny. It's like when somebody complained, you know, how much of this is a joke, but someone's like all the somebody's like, Oh, the ship in sinks at the end of Titanic and they're like People are like, wow, why would you spoil that? It's like, because it happened. Don't you already know the Titanic sunk? It's kind of like, yeah, that's the only reason we even know it's Titanic. Same thing, I, I, don't, I don't know how long the show lasted, but there was a, Kevin Smith had a show called like Comic Book Guys or something, and they did something, and people were like, wow, I can't believe they spoiled Killing Joke. It's like, it came out in like 1987. It's been out there. If you don't know what happens... I don't know Like it's not like it's a new book. It's not like it's like hot off the presses and like oh I haven't got my copy yet. It's like you could probably go to any public library and get a copy. <laughs> well, killing is that a killing joke? Is that a book or a graphic novel or a comic book? It is a graphic novel written by Alan Moore. Okay, nice. Okay. I wonder if that's where the band Killing Joke got their name from. I'll check that out. Alan Moore's Killing. And I'm going to get a copy soon because they recently did, not to derail comic book talk, but they did a run of one shots last year. This year? Last year. Called One Bad Day. Which is pretty much doing the concept of Killing Joe, but with the other Batman villains. And they were... The ones that I had read were really good for each one. So yeah, if you haven't read Killing Joe, people should read it. Read really anything by Alan Moore. I mean, Alan Moore is... He has earned that the, the mythology around his name, so... Yeah, I didn't know that he was so prolific. I just assumed it was a Watchman. That was it. I mean, the Watchman was a big part of that, but I mean, he's done Swamp Thing, Batman. He did some stuff with Superman. He did um, kind of one that's about the mythos of Jack the Ripper called From Hell. That gets kind of trippy. Okay, so it's a bat. So Batman the Killing Joke. Well, that looks but, like heavy. 
it's fascinating because you Batman Batman the Killing Joke. I said you could probably go to your local library and get a copy. Ah. So loosely adapted from a nineteen fifty one story, The Man Behind the Red Hood. That Batman goes fucking deep. Batman goes way back. I will recommend. Oh shit! I don't have it right here to say what the exact title is, but there's um, a book by Grant Morrison called I think it's called Super Gods, where he goes like super in depth oh. into like the history of like American comics, like the development of like Superman and Batman. Like it's dense. Like you might want to have your phone or laptop up to like pull up pictures because he's he cites all these things and like oh you look at this you look at that it's like oh i don't have a means to look at all these things on me <laughs> but i highly recommend that future reading well I'll, I'll post a picture of it on the twitter yeah i won the eisner award 89 for best uh comic book what is jesus fucking christ Watchmen 87, Swamp Thing. God damn, Alan Moore, you're not, you're a bad motherfucker. Huh. Well, that was a that was a really random uh, sidetrack there. Well, I love it. Okay, add that to my list of things I need to. Damn, well, I'm never gonna get caught up on my things to read list, so I probably have to order a copy of that. All right, real quick, Will. I know we went over this main event last week, but we'll just go over it again for anyone that may be listening for the first time here. Um, obviously, it's the main event of this tournament. It's uh, Adam Cole versus Michael Elgin. Um, uh, you know, basically, Nigel comes out in the beginning of the match, you know, says there's going to be three judges. There's no clear winner after 60 minutes. Or for some reason. Ooh. I don't Ooh. Um. You know, Terry Silkin, Joe Coff, and Prince Nana. I mean, right off the bat, which, I mean, no offense to Kerry Silkin, Joe Coff. Um, you guys are great. I mean, we owe Ring of Honor to both of you, but the mother not. So, I don't know. But whatever. You know, and then we're going to pick on Kevin Kelly again because Adam Cole started his Ring of Honor journey when he watched the first show at nine years old. You know, he, you know, which would have been like five years before Ring of Honor was even a thing. <clears throat> yeah, uh, nothing real new. We the math is slightly off. A little bit. So is Kevin Kelly, but going not to, not too far off. Is Kevin Kelly going to EW like full time? I believe I, he's not doing the New Japan stuff, so he can be home more. I mean, that makes sense. Um, yeah, Adam Adam Cole was born in 1989. So, yeah, I was just looking that up, so. You know. So, Ring of Honor's first show was what, 2002? Yep, February 2002. So, he would have been 13. He could have potentially been 13. At July 5th. He first saw the first Ring of Honor show. 
Bebe. Austin Kirk Jenkins. That's an interesting name. Is he actually born in Oh, okay, because it's from Pennsylvania, so okay. He was on an episode of uh, uh, one of Anthony Bourdain's shows. Oh, shit. When he was in Pennsylvania, they he talked to Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to get on my uh, on my tinfoil head about Anthony Bourdain. But that's, some, that's some sad shit right there. I'll tell you that one. So. Um, it's a big bummer. Yeah. But uh, real quick, um, in the biopic they put out about him after didn't do it any favors either. Yeah. So he's got his uh, his Thug Kitchen cookbook, so yeah, back to using that book. So can't him smoke this. Anthony Bourdain also put out comic books. Oh shit! It's goofy. It's definitely worth reading. I'd say, are you at least checking out? Yeah, like depending on what a copy goes for. Like I got mine from a library, so I I rented it, read it. It was you know obviously food related. It was fun. Hmm. Is it as much fun as Adam Cole versus Michael Elgin for the ROH title? Probably because I'd read that book again. I don't know if I'd go back and watch this match again. <laughs> Well, we watched it twice. Um, we watched loosely. <laughs> um, I I did, you know, actually real quick, uh, they did list on here that uh, next week we are getting Jay Lethal versus Matt Taven. Uh, Jay Lethal is catching his proving ground match uh, next week. Mm-hmm. So we did get that. Um, this match was a little bit better the second time because I missed a lot. I did not realize that. I just thought that Cole basically just did the Florida Key for the win. Um, obviously, he did. He suplexed him like four or five times, which is awesome. Um, you know, it was he did hit a Panama Sunrise, which had you know Elgin kicked out of. And that that Panama Sunrise was like the perfect Panama Sunrise. Yeah. And he hasn't used it in a while, so he got a huge reaction with it, and everybody's like, oh, this is it. He dropped the big son of a bitch on his head. Game over. <laughs> yeah. And no. But it wasn't over. No. It was, I'm just currently adding uh, Killing Joke to my Amazon Prime wish list, so I don't forget to buy it. I'm not going to get it from Amazon, though. You could go... Wait, Alan Morgan be for Vendetta too? Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. The book V for Vendetta, very different from the movie. So if you have not read that, I would definitely I'd recommend reading that too. Different good or different bad. So obviously it's it's better. I so I like the movie more after seeing it after the first time and like having time to stew being a little older grasping the concepts a little better that it was trying to to get it across but i would say i thought the book was better 
Okay. Because well, I think I think the book does a better job at telling the story, whereas I feel like the movie they got a little too heavily focused on that one character. Okay. I buy that. But again, it's been a while since I've watched the movie. It's been over a decade. Maybe it's uh maybe I'm due for uh, another viewing. It's on Max. I was gonna I was gonna um watch that too, so I'm plus getting mad at Oh, I'll put it on my watch list after I rewatch Thirty Coins. Nice. Okay. Or you can wait till the fifth of November. That's actually not a horrible idea, Will. I like what you're thinking there. So if you know, you know. Yep. And remind me, because I might forget. So listeners, Google Alan Moore. You've probably seen a movie or something based off something he's wrote. And then you need to read about how he's pretty much burned bridges with everybody who's ever published his work. <laughs> he's that guy, huh? Alan Moore is very much the art for the sake of art, guys, because then they did like some like pre-watchman stuff that didn't have his approval, and that was like a deal breaker for him. Like he hates DC. He hates superheroes. Which I mean, even some popular stuff that he's done with like Superman and stuff, you can tell it's like, oh, he kind of really hates Superman. <laughs> that's awesome. So he's living the gimmick. He, he, that's a shoot, brother. Alan Moore doesn't work nobody. It's straight shooting all, all the time. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that he looks sense. like a dude who would write Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, real quick. Um, this match, I, I was a little bit better on a rewatch. Um, I, I somehow missed the Panama Sunrise. Um, would you have rather that Cole won with the Panama Sunrise or the Florida Key? The Florida Key feels like such a blonde move after having one with or after busting out something like the Panama Sunrise, which again, he hasn't used in a while. He used a J-Driller, so the fact that he didn't bust out one of those again, because again, homage or salt in the wound, like, I'm going to pin Michael Elgin with a, the, the the current champ's finishing move just to prove the point. Because again, like, it's like I said, the Florida Keys, it's, I mean, plenty of people, I mean, the perfect plex, it's a suplex pinning combination. Yeah. There, there is just something about the German suplex as like a, like the pinning maneuver. It almost feels—I don't want to say it feels gentle, yeah. but when I think about a German suplex, I'm thinking like you're grabbing somebody from like surprise and you're like just yeeting them mm. like over your head behind you. You're yeah. hurtling these people across the ring. The Florida Key just feels like he he like catches the arms and like it doesn't have the snap to it like Kenny Omega's like uh, the snapdragon suplex like that gets like a ooh, that probably fucked him up Steen sleeper suplex that's got some oomph behind it yeah Jesus the Florida Keys it just does it doesn't feel like a big high impact match ending move and no. it doesn't it doesn't come across Techy enough to be like a clever, like, oh, this is gonna, I'm gonna counter it into a Florida Keys. Like, he doesn't like catch like a clothesline or something like 
catch them around, and then all oh, in a Florida Keys, you can't stop it. It just, it feels like an uneventful move. Yeah, it's working for him though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've I've talked about my disdain, um, you know. But in, listen, in my first watch, I I mean, I guess I was really super tired. I just thought it was just before the key, but I mean, he did. I mean, like you said, he threw in, you know, three of those, three or four of those big suplexes and, and a Panama Sunrise. Um, but and so you're saying the, the German suplexes he hit before the Florida Key felt like bigger impact moves than the Florida Key. Yeah, but then at least he was wearing him down with those moves, and then you know not able to kick out. So. It also feels like a bit more of a stretch to think it would work on someone like Elgin because Elgin is like all arms, right? He's a strong dude, so it's like could someone like Cole really hold the arms and really like tighten that grip down? Like I don't, I don't know if I buy it. Yeah, but it's wrestling. It's that suspension of disbelief. Yeah. So, but uh, Adam Cole. Uh, per Dave Briscoe's request, is your new uh, Ring of Honor, your 19th Ring of Honor champion. Um, I have to admit, it's pretty cool that they've only had 19 champions in, in 11 years. It's not bad, you know, compared to, to some federations that just, you know, throw around and pedal like uh, hot potatoes. So, um, yeah, we shall see. Well, uh, we shall see. So, um, but yeah, at the end, you know, uh, Jay, you know, uh, does come out. He's a manager's board, you know, and he thinks Adam Cole won it like a man. So he does kind of semi-reluctantly hand the belt and walks behind him. And, uh, well, Adam Cole kicks him in the back of the head. And then hits Michael Logan with the belt, and we get a baby, and uh, that's it. I didn't love the hitting Elgin with a belt, only because it felt like it wasn't timed out quite right. Yeah. I did like that the super kick, like he didn't like look at him like long and hard in the back of the head, and then like did like the slow size up and then did it. It was just kind of like Jay turned around and Cole just like super kick dropped him. And the fact that Jay just like went down, wasn't tossing and turning or nothing, like he went straight down and stayed down the whole time. Yeah. So, um, so, Will, on a, on a second watching, did this match get any better? better or actually, we forgot to mention earlier that, uh, you know, that Michael Elgin did pin Adam Cole after uh, he kicked. Uh, he did. Cole, was it Todd Sinclair was referring that, right? He caught an, an errant boot to the face. It didn't knock him down, but it didn't knock him away. And referees are fragile. Unless you try to jump in the ring, then they're the badasses, but. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Elgin had Cole down, but Cole also probably knew Todd Sinclair wasn't watching. He didn't have to waste his energy trying to kick out. Yeah, I always wondered that. I mean, like for ring psychology, I mean, especially if you know, like if you can, if you don't hear because they count like right next to the wrestlers. I was like, if you don't hear somebody like counting. they're counting, it's like, why, why would I exert the energy to kick out? Yeah. So, it's like, I'll ride this out until I know I have to. Yeah. So if, uh, if there's any rushers out there that can kind of explain the psychology of that to me, um, that would be awesome. But, yeah, I'm like, why would you want to kick out? You know? 
I mean, like I said, I mean, if, if the ref's out, I mean, and you got a submission hold, why would you let go of the submission hold? Right. They, they, they always shake the referee up. It's like, just hold it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're causing damage, but, yeah. That's, you know, there's a million reasons why. It's the same thing, right? It's like somebody jumps up on ringside. Why does the ref stop paying attention to what they're doing to go address the people on the ringside? Why does the baby face let go of their pin to go address somebody on the ringside? It's like it's wrestling. <laughs> it has to happen that way or else yeah. it's like all the all the movie things, right? Where it's like, what if a character just did this? The movie would be over. Yeah. So. Um, so. What are your thoughts on the action? I mean, we, we've documented very well on here, obviously, you know, on our thoughts on how this was laid out to us. Uh, but what were your thoughts overall, the action in ring for the tournament, though? I'm, it sounds like I might be a little higher on this than you might Nothing be. was Nothing was bad, per se. I just think it overall lacked big moments that we kind of needed with there being so many matches. We have 15 matches. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there weren't any moments. I thought there was good matches, but yeah, listen, they didn't lack the, the, the big moments. So, yeah, we'll see if, uh, if Michael Elgin can uh, Risk that title from uh, Adam Cole here, but uh, we've got some new developments in uh, in an upcoming pay per view that you have to tune in next week out to find out about. So, um, well, before I pull the train here into the station, uh, is there uh, anything you want to put over anything real quick or any shout outs or anything? So, happy birthday to me, happy anniversary to you. Yeah, thank you to our wives, Visionaries Global Media, Shining Wizards Network. Listen to everybody's shows, buy everybody's merch, read a book. Or two, and tell us about it. I am still struggling with the book I've been reading for a while, but this one's taking me a while, but we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, read a book, tell us about it. Yeah, Um, I agree with everything Will said. Yeah, make sure you're following all the great shows on Visionaries Globe Media. Uh, Make sure you enjoy all the great shows on the Shining Wizards Network. I'm sure I plugged a commercial in here. Somewhere in this episode, so whenever I did that, enjoy those. So, uh, Will, we'll talk to you next week, and by next week, I mean probably in about five minutes. All right. <laughs> this has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale.